Hello, listeners. It's Sophie Jeffrey back again for another edition of our podcast for the Montage magazine. Um, this is for the 2016-17 edition of Montage. It's our McKendry's creative writing and art magazine. Alexis is my co-editor this year, and she's laughing at me because I never know what to say for these intros. <laughs> but um, I'm sitting here with Alexis Baltimore, who will say hi real quick. Hi, everybody. <laughs> and we also have Rebecca Kinney and Julie Laco. Laco. Laco, sorry. Apologize. <laughs> um, they're going to share some of the works that they had published in our magazine this year. So um, I'll go ahead and turn it over to Rebecca, who's going to read her poem, which is titled Crushed My Soul. All right. <clears throat> you told me I love you. Your eyes smiled when, when your lips followed suit, innocence peeked, peeked through your hands, even though you told me no, no stopping the giggling from bursting out. Outside the norm, comfort, a blanket spread, spread like butter, yet better, embroidered. Bound to the ground, young romance blooming, love, love like Hera, sweet pomegranate ripened, ripened beyond taste, rot, maggots squirming, squirming through the innocence, lips creased, creased then torn, salt smeared in the wound, burning, burning eyes like bridges, drowning pity, pity I believed your fabrication, you pleaded, I love you, I looked away. Thanks so much for sharing, Rebecca. We really enjoyed your poem. Um, before we talk about it a little bit more, do you want to just introduce yourself? Maybe like what your major is, where you're from, stuff like that. Okay. Um, my name is Rebecca Kinney. Um, I am an art major graduating. Yay! <laughs> um, I'm from this general area. I'm from Oakville, but I've lived in Mascuda and Scott, so I've always been in this general area. Awesome. Yeah. Were you a military brat? Uh, yeah, my dad was in the Air Force. Oh, cool. Yeah. My husband is in the Air Force. We're stationed at Scott. <laughs> so um, I know I'm taking internal writing poetry with you. You're in the second Yeah, I'm class. in the advanced class. Mm-hmm. But you wrote this for class, right? Was there um, any other inspiration for it? or? Um, it was from like personal experiences, really. Um, and also recently on Netflix, 13 Reasons Why came out. And that that really hit hard with me. So I feel like... I really wanted to bring something of like that experience that I had forward because it's not talked about enough. Yeah, like, definitely. Rape is still like a huge thing right now. So, mm-hmm. well, I mean, it's not a huge thing, but we need to make it a huge thing because <laughs> it's still a problem. Like it shouldn't still be a problem. Yeah. Like it's 2017, guys. Come on. For sure. It happens and it needs to be talked about. Yeah. It shouldn't be something that should be shied away from. And I think that's one of the good things about the show and the book. I, I haven't read the book. Have you guys... Uh, I started, but I haven't finished it. Yeah. I guess it, I don't know when it came out. Like a while ago, right? Yeah, it came out when I was in high school. Yeah, it came out um, probably like six or so years ago. Cause I think so. I think I was in, I think I was in high school still. Hmm. So. Yeah. I think it's good, though, that it is out because it is bringing a lot more discussion about it. So. Yeah. That's cool that it was able to inspire you to kind of dive into those scary parts a little bit. Yeah, it really, like, hit hard with me. I got really emotional during that show, so. I think a lot of people do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I noticed in your poem you repeated, like, the um, the last word of the, the last word of the first line is repeated in the first word of the next yeah. line. Is there any reason behind that, or are you just playing around a little bit? Um, I really 
really wanted to like play around with the double meaning of some of the words um and just like i wanted the lines to be able to like flow but also like if you read them separately like it's kind of different Mm -hmm. you know it's like it's its own line if you read it separately yeah i really liked that definitely it does force you to kind of pay attention to what you're reading too because I remember yeah. when we were workshopping it, or when I, we workshopped this one, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, she wrote win twice. And then I realized you did it on purpose. And I was like, oh, I kind of like this. <laughs> yeah. I really think that, like, it flowed a lot. Because um, I think the particular assignment was to write a, um, a sonnet, like a modern mm-hmm. sonnet. That uh, There's no meter in it, but it is 10 syllables per line and then 14 lines with a volta, which is a turn. Mm-hmm. Around like the seventh or eighth line, and that's when you start getting um, like the maggots and like the rot. Oh yeah, the rotting yeah. pomegranate. <laughs> yeah, so that's where it really like turns because sometimes that's how like relationships work. Like mm-hmm. you think you love someone, and like you're having a great time, and then like all of a sudden like it's too much and it's overbearing, and it just happens so fast. And you're like, wow, when did this happen? Yeah. But sometimes that's literally how it does happen, and. I think also, like, it's not talked about as much, but, like, even if you're in a relationship and it's not consensual, it's still rape. Yeah. Like, I know they passed laws about that not too long ago, Mm -hmm. but, like, way back when, like, it used to be not a thing. Like, you couldn't rape your spouse, but Mm -hmm. it is now. So I think that's kind of what I was going towards. But then I was also kind of hinting at this guy, like, being kind of trash, I guess. Um, because Hera is the wife of Zeus, who is, like, known for, like, going out and, like, just being a dick. <laughs> just, like, cheating, raping, all sorts of crap. Right? So, I feel like that kind of, like, brings in this, like, aspect of, like, this guy isn't perfect. Yeah. Like, he seems perfect in the beginning. Like, mm-hmm. their relationship seems perfect. But, like, when you really get to know someone, yeah, like, it changes. Definitely. Yeah. Sort of like Heathcliff and Isabella in Wuthering Heights, Alexis, right? <laughs> yes. I do have a question. So yeah. I know you kind of just talked about it a little bit. Are you interested in mythology? Is that why you brought in Hera? Or is it just something that kind of went along with your poem? Um, Like, is it a common topic that you approach in your work? Um, I don't think it's necessarily, like, a common topic that I always approach, but I do like mythology. I'm actually a religion minor, so just, like, but I'm not religious at all. I'm actually atheist, so it's So you interest- approach it as kind of mythology? That's interesting. Yeah. So I approach, like, the Greek gods the same way I would approach the Christian god or, like, the Jewish god. Mm-hmm. So I think that kind of, like, that aspect of me. Yeah. Like I think of them all as the same. Yeah. So that's awesome. Um, so you, you're getting ready to graduate. Yeah. Do you have any fun plans? Are you going to keep writing? Because you had some art yeah. published in our magazine, too. I did. Which you can talk about a little bit if you'd like to, too. Yeah. Um, the, the piece that I put in, uh, Cage Strut, um, it's actually part of my like senior thesis, my senior show. Um, it is this style of fashion from Japan called Lolita. And it happens to be um, aristocratic Lolita. Um, so I wanted to... I'm super weeb trash, so I really like anime. <laughs> <laughs> I like anime, manga. Like, I love J-pop, K-pop, like, all that fun stuff. 
And I've been into that since I was, like, a child. That's awesome. So when it came to, do, like, do my senior show, I was really conflicted about what I wanted because I just got, like, I just spent the last four years studying, like, traditional art <laughs> and, like, learning how to, like, draw and how to paint. And, like, in class, they expect you to, like, strive to be, like, super realistic. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but that's not who I am. That's not my style. So I wanted for my senior show to, like, bring out, like, what I do at home, like, bring the things that I've learned from class and, like, the stuff that I prefer to do on my own time Mm -hmm. together. So I think that really worked well. And, like, uh, I think one of my big inspirations was Studio Ghibli, Mm -hmm. which did Ponyo, Howl's Moving Castle, that fun. (laughs) Totoro. Yes, Totoro. All that fun stuff. So I think the, the style that I chose to draw in, like, really helped personify like the the style of fashion that takes place in harajuku Hmm. so and then also one of my other um, inspirations was kyaru pamu pamu which is like this model who's also um like a a j-pop artist so she really (laughs) mixes like her fashion with her her music Uh so each music video has like an entire like set of brand new fashion that like is odd but quite beautiful sort of like lady gaga a little yeah (laughs) and back in the day they actually not really now but they met really yeah that's awesome i watched a little clip of when they met and that was really cool because she pretty much is the Katy perry of japan yeah so that's funny yeah that's really cool that you were able to bring a little bit more of yourself into your senior thesis though was it like received well do you feel or i actually think it was good um I think I had, like, a lot of diversity in my show as well because I wanted to show that, like, this fashion, like, it might have started in Japan, but, like, the the entire globe is taking it in. So, like, there's different styles. I mean, they're based off of um, Victorian and Edwardian styled originally Mm -hmm. uh, clothing, but, um, like, we've all taken different turns to it. Like, there is even uh, Hijab Lolita now, and that makes me so happy because yeah. when you wear Lolita, you just feel so beautiful <laughs> and pretty, and you're just like, look at me, I'm yeah. pretty. <laughs> and I think it's great that, like, different cultures are embracing that kind of thing. Yeah. So, like, I tried to do, like, uh, plus sizes, mm-hmm. um, different races and ethnicities. It's I really liked it. That's fantastic. Yeah. Good job, Rebecca. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Did you have anything else you wanted to add? Or, Julie, do you have any questions for Rebecca? I can't think of any. <laughs> okay. Okay. Alexis? No. Um, do you want to do something that brings your art and your writing together? Like, have you ever thought of maybe, like, a comic book? Yeah, like, actually. Like, nudge, nudge. Nudge, nudge, put me in there. <laughs> actually, yeah. Uh, I really wanted to make uh, web comics. Um, Oh, that would be fun. Yeah, I follow a lot of artists on, um, like, Instagram who also, like, have comics on, like, uh, Tapas, which used to be Tapastic, um, and then, like, Webtoons, and then, like, a lot of artists have their own personal websites where they post things. Yeah. Um, So I constantly read them as they upload every day, and I was like, man, this is what I want to do, and then they, like... They'll sell printed editions of it, like, on their website, and they'll sell, like, little charms and bookmarks and stickers. Yeah. I'm just like, man, this is what I want to do. I just want to, like, sit at home and, like, make stickers. Yeah. There's a (laughs) lot of cons in St. Louis, too, so I'm sure if you're going to stick around this area, you could at least try to make a go of it. Yeah. uh, Actually, one of my good friends in Salt Lake, she just graduated, I think, two years ago, 
that's what she's been doing. Like, she works at a library full-time, but then, like, she also, like, makes her own comics and will, like, do fan art, and then she'll just, like, go to the conventions they have in Salt Lake City and just, like, sell her stuff. I'm that's just like, awesome. wow, that's great. Man, that's what I want to do. Yeah. <laughs> do it, man. <laughs> yeah. Do it. I mean, here I am, 33, back in college, so go for it, you yeah. know? Like, take advantage of the freedom that you have now and just go for it. Yeah. Otherwise... Who knows if you'll get the chance again, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so now we'll go on to Julie. Um, do you want to introduce yourself first, or you want to read your story uh, first? It's up to you. I can introduce myself, okay. I guess. Uh, <laughs> I'm Julie Locko. I'm a biology and an English major, and I'm graduating in a week. Yay! Hopefully. <laughs> I realize that. Yes. That's an interesting um, combination. What yeah. would you like to do with your biology and English major? <laughs> I, I honestly just want to write, but yeah. I also want to eat food and have money to have a house. So. <laughs> I know the feels. <laughs> um, I always liked oh, bio gosh. and stuff like that. So I was like, well, that seems like a decent major. And then you huh. get in it and you're like, this was a terrible mistake. This is so hard. Um, but that no, I'm looking awful. at... Yeah, now it's the end, and you're just like, oh, you know, it wasn't too bad. Yeah. Never go back. But, yes, it was okay. Um, I'm looking at a technical writing job right now. Awesome. Um, for some computer software place. I just tell people how to work machines, I think. Yeah. Um, But hopefully, like, one day work my way up to scientific journalism and, like, taking the boring scientific articles that are like, and then we took three ounces of triostinase, and then yeah. they're like, guess what they just found? So oh, it's more awesome. exciting. Um. So, so I can write normally. Yeah, that sounds like a good um, strategy, actually, for a major. That's interesting. Good luck. Thank you. <laughs> are you going to stay like around the local area? Or are you trying to leave? Um, <clears throat> I think probably for a while. Um, mm-hmm. The place I'm looking at is over in Shiloh. Oh, nice. And then the zoo has openings every oh. now and then. And if I could get my way in there and yeah. start getting hands-on experience, I feel like yeah. that helped me out. But That's awesome. Eventually, I'd kind of like to travel somewhere a little bit, though. But yeah. That's cool. We got two seniors here. <laughs> Last time I think we had two juniors, so yeah, works out. But <laughs> okay, so would you like to share your story? It's right. Oh, before you actually start, okay. I just have to apologize on air because I messed up. So I was retyping Julie's story to put into the um, actual magazine because some of the formatting was weird and we couldn't get it to cooperate. So I just retyped the whole thing, but somehow I missed like the last paragraph of her story, but the full version is already up, right, on our website. Yes, it's up on the Montage blog, so if you want to check it out, she's going to read it, but if you want to check it out, you can go to themontageblog.wordpress.com. And I'll put the link in the show notes, too, just so um, you guys can just click on it, but yeah. So I really apologize, Julie, for that mistake. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I know, I felt awful. It happens. (laughs) But... Now you can read the whole thing. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Rise, rising, and roses. It is not every day a sorcerer gets a chance to wander the streets of a city. Usually, sorcerers avoid large human populations entirely. It is hard to fit in when you stand out so obviously as something that might look better roasted on a pyre. Okay, so no one has actually been publicly burned alive in a few centuries, but one can never be too careful. At least, that's what his mother always said. Honestly, Edgar finds the city far more inspiring than the countryside and caves conjurers keep themselves locked up in. If they would simply learn how to dress, and perhaps stop offering their limbs to dark magics, rendering parts of their body pure bone or machine or plant, everything would be much easier. 
but so stuck in their old ways the elders rarely listen. Do you mind, a voice hisses, drawing Edgar from his thoughts. He looks up from the obituaries he'd been half-heartedly perusing to fix his gaze on empty space. He looks down a few inches and, ah, there's the source of the voice. Mind what exactly, he asks, the somewhat younger woman kneeling to his left, making an effort at keeping his voice cordial despite her tone. Just because her parents failed to instill manners in her, Edgar reasons, does not mean he must stoop to her level. In lieu of a response, the woman huffs, tucks the brown, tucks the potted brown stems of what looks to be what is left of a dehydrated rose bush under one arm and then kicks the back of the tire of the bike chained to the pillar behind Edgar with the toe of her pink kitten heel. He watches for a moment, one eyebrow arching in silent, confused inquiry as the newspaper bows a little more under his inattention. The young woman raises both brows to his one, gives him a pointed stare, and then kicks the bike once more, hard enough to scuff the pink patent leather. And that is when Edgar realizes that the light pole he is leaning against is chained to her bike, and he is effectively blocking her access to it. Oh, jeez, I'm sorry, he starts, forcing his voice into something significantly more friendly as he shoves away from the post. He could have been standing there for ages, reading his paper and seemingly ignoring her like an ass. How long had she been standing there, one hand on her slim hips, bright pink lips twisted into an irritated pout? Edgar swallows hard and looks away to busy himself and his wandering thoughts with folding up his newspaper. That is, until... I should think so, the young woman huffs, setting the pot down on the newspaper vending machine before kneeling to unchain the bike. She doesn't even spare him a second glance as she begins to twist in the combination. Edgar, forgetting his embarrassment, stares at the back of her head. Because, wow, okay, no, she's definitely still the rude one. You're welcome, he offers, biting into his words hard enough for just a touch of sarcasm to drip out the other end. She doesn't even pause, although Her Majesty does spare him a response of, I don't have to thank you for getting out of my way. Humans. Sure, but you don't have to be so rude about it, he snaps back. Morals and embarrassment be damned. He said he was sorry. What has her so pissed now? She tugs the chain free with a little more violence than strictly necessary before she rises, picks up her plant, and wheels around to face him. Neither do you, she lashes, meeting his stare with a violent glare, hard gray glinting like an unsheathed sword ready to kill. It would be intimidating, honestly, if Edgar was not fueled by self-righteous frustration. I'm not being, he starts, then mentally reels back. Was he being rude? He'd made an effort to be nice from the start, but, well, he was the one in the wrong. High roads, Eddie. Always take the high roads to avoid the floods, his mother whispers in his subconscious. He's almost certain she had been talking about actual roads at the time, but, well, tomatoes, tomatoes. Fine, right. You're right. I'm sorry. And the intensity of her stare dims, if only slightly, before she merely nods once and snaps, as you should be, and then just turns right back to her bike. His mother's voice evaporates instantly, leaving nothing but sizzling, silent rage ringing in his head as he steps around to the other side of the post to fix her face with one angrily pointing finger. Hey, I'm trying to be polite. He has to focus from keeping... Sorry. He has to focus to keep from zapping her with some sort of nasty spell then and there. And wouldn't it be nice to the frogs to put someone like her in their ranks? She turns to face him fully and lifts her chin, facing his advanced full on, her eyes flitting down to his finger for all of a second before she steals herself and sneers, so am I. How am I doing? The street isn't so busy that there's a crowd watching their rising spat, but there are certainly a few eyes casting their way, things whispered behind the hands of pairs sitting in metal outdoor cafe seats. It is one of Edgar's favorite places in the city, filled with aspiring artists, free thinkers, individuals, and the nosiest collection of people on the planet, apparently. And for all the revolutionary thinking they do, 
It would be best not to draw attention to himself, just in case witch burnings are making a comeback. Edgar swallows back his rising volume and puts his hands on his hips. And while his voice is a conversational volume, it's as biting as the thorns in her decaying roses when he nods to the pot and states, about as well as your plant there, actually. The woman follows his nod and frowns, something softening in her eyes for a fraction of a moment as she surveys the dying bush. Yeah, well, she starts, as though rearing up for another snarky remark. But she doesn't follow it up. She just stares at him, holds his gaze for a few minutes, and just turns back to him, turns her back to him while she tries to balance the rose bush onto the handlebars. But in that pause, that deadlock staring, Edgar noticed something. The way her lips quivered and then set into a firm frown. The way her eyes glittered was something a bit deeper, a bit more personal than anger. Edgar knows that look, has seen it a thousand times growing up. Wedding anniversaries and birthdays spent alone with his mother. Every time he asked if dad was coming home, when he finally stopped asking, he looks at her, really looks at her. The knees of her tights dirty where she'd been, where she kneeled to unchain her bike. Her white blouse wrinkled and stained from the bo where the bottom of the plant had brushed against it, and the telltale smudge of not quite waterproof mascara. She looks a mess, like a bad day came up and kicked her in the mouth, and killed her plant for good measure. And this argument was probably just some arsenic cherry. Feeling like a monumental jerk, again, Edgar shoots a silent apology to his mother, and maybe a small admittance that she was right, and takes that road. Here, he reaches out to grab the pot, just as it begins to teeter too far to the left, and tucks it under his arm. She stares at him a moment. At the look she had... And the look she has makes Edgar glance up to the shop window to make sure he hadn't sprouted another head before he gestures forward with his newspaper. You'll have to lead. I don't know where we're going. After another long pause, the young woman nods and then starts to walk forward, pushing the bike along by its handles. They are silent for a few blocks, awkwardly so. He's about to ask about the plant. Maybe you could help her out. He is a necromancer after all. It would not be too difficult to inconspicuously bring it back. But before he can even open his mouth, she glances at him and surprises him with a single, Thank you. The silence is a bit more comfortable the rest of the way. Although, when they reach the edge of the park and she assures him that this is where she lives, he mentally kicks himself. Some sorcerer he is if he can't recognize a nymph when he sees one. Oh, that was so great. <laughs> I love all the little, like, snarkiness in the story. Like, I was having a hard time not laughing <laughs> while we were reading yeah. it. Tomatoes, tomato. <laughs> it was really funny. Um, I did want to ask about the title, though, because I don't know if it just went over my head or what, but I was a little thrown off by it. Um, I, I don't, I don't, you know. don't know. It's like, well, rise, it. like, um, like an argument arise. Oh, like, okay. Then rising, the argument's rising, and uh -huh. like, like he kind of rises above his being obnoxious, and then roses her rose, and I'm playing with like rise, rising rose, rise, yeah. rising roses. That's awesome. I really liked it. Um, what was your like inspiration for the story? Um, this story was actually originally something I'd written and published on a blog, and it was actually a um, like a steampunk story, oh, kind fun. of, where like Earth was almost no more, and there weren't many plants left. And this one woman had this plant, and this guy was like all about like like platinum and metal and going forward <laughs> in the future. So she's got this plant, and he's like not really sure why she's so obsessed with this plant, and like he's ruining her day and everything. But I knocked that out because I, it wasn't, like, developing very well. It just didn't yeah. make sense. Like, the way I was writing it wasn't making sense. So then I'd submitted it for a uh, fiction class, fiction oh, writing okay. class. Last semester? Yeah, awesome. and I'd taken out that element. And um, Dr. Mueller was like, 
there's something about this flower, this rose, that seems magic or something, and you've got yeah. no, like, magic element in that, so you need to add something to it. So I was like, oh, okay, I'll just add real magic, and yeah. it made more sense than the steampunk route was going, so. <laughs> yeah, it was really cool. Um, I like the idea of these magical creatures, like, being in hiding among our normal city streets. It's kind of fun. <laughs> it's my favorite. Do you think you're going to make this, like, a bigger story? Um... Probably not ever, no, but... <laughs> I feel like they could be quite the duo, these yeah. two. <laughs> well, I've got, um, I do have a story that I'm working on, like a big story. And oh, fun. I, I've, I've got a weird obsession with necromancers. Almost everything I write has a necromancer in it. And <laughs> in the story, there is a necromancer, and they live in like um, modern-day era and just like going about their daily lives. And um, there's all these different creatures that are like just fitting with humans, like yeah. as, as they do. Of course they do in real life too. Um, but he's he's basically just like this. Um, his story's a little different, and he's a little less easy to anger. But yeah, so I kind of have like a similar story set up, but it's not these two. Yeah, I mean that's fine. They serve as inspiration for something bigger. That's yeah. cool. I did. I know when we read it for the um, the group reading for the selection process for montage. We all kind of felt a little bit like it was, or at least could be a part of um, something bigger. So that's cool that you're at least taking inspiration from the characters because they're fun characters. <laughs> do you, um, so do you write a lot in your free time then? I do. Yeah. All the time. That's good. That's really good. Are you like a pen and paper gal or? I am. It's, yeah. It's ridiculous. I've got, so I've, I've been writing since I can't even remember. So like all my notebooks for school and stuff. Uh-huh. When you get, you know, when you're paying attention in class and then you kind of stop paying attention in class. So you're like doodling in the corners. So I've got, um, you know, those boxes they sell at Michael's, those big trunks and the book shaped ones. And yeah. I've got like seven of those in my room just oh my filled with notebook oh papers gosh. that I've pulled out. and That's awesome. <laughs> That's crazy. That's cool. way. <laughs> Rebecca's There's like, so can many. I look? <laughs> Kind of. I know. Are you? Do you write with pen and paper, Rebecca, or computer? I actually prefer computer. Do, me too. Yeah. Julie's the first one so far that prefers pen and paper. I think the first thing I ever wrote was pen and paper, and it like filled like one of those two inch binders of loose leaf paper with yeah. entirely red ink. Oh I could gosh. only write in red ink. Oh no. <laughs> but I have like a drawer at home, and one of my dressers just full of like old sketchbooks and stuff. So yeah. I understand the like holding on to stuff from like seventh yeah. grade, and it's like, why do I have this? It's garbage. <laughs> You know, what are you talking about? You were all geniuses in seventh grade. Well, yeah, well, in seventh grade. <laughs> That's so funny. There's like a prize winning novel in there somewhere. It has to be. I'm sure. Maybe. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I really enjoyed your story. Um, did you have anything else to add about it? Or was um you said it was written for fiction class. Was it one of the was it like the um, magical object one because my story that I had published in it was that object one. I don't no. remember what it was for. I think it was yeah. just at the end when she was like, just turn make sure you story. have 20 stories. <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah. I'll hurry up and write it. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. so funny. That's cool. It was fun. Huh. I like, like I said before, I like all the snarkiness. Yeah. I think you did a really good job with all the dialogue. Yeah. I think it also kind of gives a little bit into, like, you and, like, your biology and English thing. Because it's, like, it's always interesting to me whenever I see people that do, like, like these, you know, witchcraft or, you know, things like that. Like, it's it's awesome. So I think you having a biology and English, like, background kind of puts another spin on it. Mm -hmm. So 
Yeah, Julie, you had two other pieces published in Montage, too. We kind of, like, you kind of own the magazine this year. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so bad. Cause, like, no, it's fine. Yeah, because, so, I, for listeners who don't know, we get all the submissions blind, so we don't know whose work is whose, and then... Um, Alexis and I read through them and picked some of our favorites and we tossed out a couple that we weren't quite so fond of and then we recruited a couple um, that was mean I'm sorry but (laughs) we recruited some classmates and um, we all read them together and then discussed all of the submissions together and um, yeah three of Julie's pieces ended up being selected (laughs) which is kind of funny but um, I you're what was it? Repurposing a heart. So that kind of goes along with the necromancy thing too, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. So do you want to just explain what that was a little bit for sure. those who haven't seen the magazine? Um, so repurposing a heart, it's like a, it's like, it looks like an, I think it's actually like subtitled, like an excerpt from a practical guide to beginner necromancy or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, it looks like a page from a textbook or from maybe like a magic cookbook or something. Uh, and it explains how to repurpose a heart, as the title says. Um, it's got like little diagrams and all these things that could go wrong with a heart, like it's frozen or it's got cracks in it or it's got growths and it explains how to get rid of all those and how to fix them and how to make the heart like new again and and better, I guess, as it was before it was damaged. I think it was really fun. It was different. And I think like we saw it, we were like, oh my gosh, we need this in here. (laughs) Because it combined like the artwork, like you actually had sketches of the heart, which was really cool. Yeah. And then just the idea of writing a pretend textbook page was really fun, especially on a college campus. It was kind of cool. I kind of want you to write a whole textbook. Well, <laughs> Do it. We were, we were really excited that they were also, like, your diagrams that you made. Like, it was not only that you put these, you know, you actually made this writing, but you also went through the trouble of, like, making diagrams. So, yeah. it, like, it was even more cool for us. So we were really excited about it. It was really fun. And then your last piece was the alphabetical disorder, which is also kind of a fun little um, piece of fiction, too. I don't know if you want to explain that a little Uh, bit. Sure. Since you're here. (laughs) While I'm here. Um, That one is just, we did write it for fiction class. um, The the prompt was every sentence had to start with the next letter of the alphabet. So it goes A to B to C to D, all the way to Z, as the alphabet does. And, uh, (laughs) and, uh, I think I first started writing the story, I had a different thing completely. It was, like, this girl who saw, like, a reflection or something, and, like, all these bad things kept happening when she saw it, or not that reflection, it was a person. And eventually, like, you learn it's her reflection or something. And I got to, like, R, and I was like, this is dumb. (laughs) (laughs) I think I made it to, like, D, so you made it further than I did. (laughs) I was like, I'm going to do a different prompt. (laughs) Sophie was yeah. really stressing about it. It was that. hard. So you, you did a, well, did and that. it wasn't only the letters. You had to have one sentence that was 26 For, yeah. words long, too. And yeah. I was like, yeah. nope, I'm going to do a different one. <laughs> See, I, I trail on and on and on. So yeah. that's not too hard. It was cool. But um, the reason I brought it up is because I definitely think you can tell you that you're a bio major as well. Because there's a lot of like... Um, Acacia trees. Yeah. Like a lot of like bio, I don't know, biological terms in there. Science so elements. Yeah. Yeah. So it was again like that kind of textbooky theme. I like to steal from science and then <laughs> ruin everything. Oh gosh, <laughs> it's awesome. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, did you have any questions, or do you, either of you have anything else to add? I don't, have you changed it? Because I remember we workshopped it in class. 
Uh, did you change, like, a lot of it? I mean, like, it's been, like, a year since I yeah. read it in class. On alphabetical disorder? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was re- that was really cool because I was like, oh my gosh, I've seen this before. I've read yeah. this before. So that was really fun. Did you change Did you change? Anything? I deleted the H on accident. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, like, I mean, like, Who besides that. Noticed? Someone noticed at the Dr. reading. Yeah. Dr. Quinn noticed. Yeah. Dr. So. Quinn noticed and was like, is this supposed to be, you know, <laughs> something on purpose? What's oh, the, yeah. What was you this know, for? It's a commentary on the <laughs> I started making futility stuff of the letter H. <laughs> I wanted to get the H out of there. Yeah. <laughs> it needs an H. Purpose. <laughs> totally on purpose. It was funny. That's awesome. But no, I... Most of it's the same. Some things I changed a little bit. I included the word motionless like five more times. Mm. Hmm. But that's it. Nothing huge, huh? Nothing huge. It's still weird. It makes no sense. It's yeah. Just, yeah. Eh, it's nice. It's fun <laughs> for anything. I mean, it's fun because the words are fun, if anything else, you know, yeah. if nothing else. I really enjoyed um, you, like, reading it when we were doing uh, the montage live on Academic Excellence Day. Uh, I always prefer, like, your writing, like, read out loud. Like, that's not always the case with most things. Mm -hmm. But I really enjoy, like, listening to you read your stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Fangirling. Sweet. (laughs) Now they're BFFs. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, if nobody... Did you have anything to add? No? Okay. Well, if nobody has anything to add, we'll probably wrap it up because we're at, like, 33 minutes already. (laughs) But um, just in closing, uh, thanks for listening to us. We have one more episode coming up with Alexis and I. I'm probably going to read my story that I had published. I'm not sure, though. Maybe my poem. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But we'll, Maybe both. We'll probably end up just laughing the whole time. So, <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to hear Alexis and I giggle, turn in next week. <laughs> um, as I mentioned in the last episode, um, Obviously, this year's edition is already out and it's been published. The submissions are closed. But please keep in mind um, your creative writing. We take short fiction, poetry, pretend textbook (laughs) entries, (laughs) and also artwork, photography. If you have a cool sculpture and can take a cool picture of it, we would love that. Um, There's We aren't like guaranteed to be the editors next year. There's probably new ones. So um, keep your eyes out for more information in the spring semester. But we have a website up, and it's, um, one more time. It's uh, themontageblog.wordpress.com, which will link into the comments yeah. or something. Sorry, Alexis handled the website. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, I don't know. That's it, right? Yeah. Do I just cover everything? Okay. <laughs> okay, so See thanks. See you guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.